This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com A Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate Production Samut Sari Conversation with Mimi To connect with other women who may need Someone to talk to around everyday life issues and challenges, from managing career and household to inner productivity, relationships, and other hot topics. Samutsari Conversation with Mimi. A podcast featuring hot topics and other topics of interest for men and women alike. This is your host, Mimi Laurelia, and from time to time, we feature guests who share their passion, their commitment to their profession or talents. Here at Samutsari, we share stories to inspire you, stories from ordinary people who make extraordinary things. And in today's episode, I have one of my guests, a good friend of mine who I haven't seen or heard of for a while. So I'm really happy that she was able to um, you know, become available for us. And uh, I would like to say hi to her first. Hello, Sheila. Say a wave and Hello, greet our listeners. Hi. Hello, so, Sheila, everyone. Yes, Sheila Nipomoseno Gabe is one of the yes. um, veteran professors in, in the oh. <laughs> different universities because of her extensive experience teaching. So, I would like to um, formally introduce Sheila for uh, the benefit of our viewers, yes. our listeners. Because we are both available in a podcast medium. She has also mentored English majors who are now successful in their chosen fields. I also want to ask you later, Sheila, some questions around that. Sheila enjoys staying on as their life mentor and friend. Sheila finds fulfillment as a doting advisor to students and as a doting mother to her three kids. She enjoys residing in the suburbs even if she works or teaches in the big city. So Sheila, again, welcome. And there's so many things based on your introduction alone that I would like to ask you. <laughs> so I'll just keep firing the questions as we go along. Okay. So don't mind. Sheila, <laughs> no problem, me, Mimi. 15 years in the teaching industry, in the teaching profession, what made you decide that this is where you want to be? Why did you want to become a teacher? And why is it a passion of yours? <laughs> well... To add to the 15 years, actually 15 years here at the present university I'm connected with. But to sum it all up, I've been teaching for already 20 years. Oh, <laughs> I so you're really a veteran in this <laughs> In a matter of, well, the number of years probably, but I don't know how veteran I am in, you know, uh, technically in teaching. But anyway... Well, that's a good question. I, I've always been delighted in telling people how I get in I got into the academe. It's actually by accident. I was okay. in the corporate world. Yeah. Although I took English as a, my major in our state university and all of my classmates either went to law school or went to teaching, straight to teaching. But I 
I guess I'm the only one in our batch, if I'm not mistaken, who didn't know what to do after the English program. I tried the corporate world. I wanted to be at MassCom then, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't make it because uh, I was just a transfer at the state U. Anyway, uh, it was an accident because I've been working for already two to three years at the corporate world. I did insurance, banking, and so on and so forth, marketing. But then... Uh, I got bored one time and I had to go back to studying. I took my master's in the university at Taft Avenue where we met. Yeah. And eventually, they, yeah, they invited me to teach part-time. But I had a very difficult time going from Makati to Manila. After work, I get to teach. So I just decided to do it full-time. Tried it with my master's ongoing and I learned to enjoy it. Probably because I'm always with young people <laughs> and that university has uh, molded me into what I am now mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the training was good no? the experience the training was good because I didn't have any teaching experience before that university so it was just you know uh, testing the waters without any idea whatsoever I just enjoyed it and I guess yeah uh, the, the fact that I get to be friends with students and I get to mentor them. I find fulfillment in that and that helped me as well as a parent. Mm-hmm. So that made me last longer. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully to retire here in this kind of career. Why not? <laughs> oh, why not? It's just very different because you kind of charted your own uh, career path. You know, you charted it. You're quite consistent in it. You find fulfillment in it. And um, I think you will retire in in this pro- profession uh, for as long I as guess, yeah. continue loving your job. Um, you kind of already mentioned uh, your answer to one of my questions, which is why English? But as an English teacher, do you think that it is still relevant to learn how to speak good English nowadays? Is English still a relevant skill? You know, good communication skills, written and uh, verbal oral communication skills? That's a good question, Mimi. I just remembered my lecture this morning. We were talking about world Englishes. Anyway, now that we have a new curriculum, we don't teach English courses anymore at the tertiary level. We have purposive communication for first-year college students. Uh, We still would definitely teach English skills. However, because of the new paradigm of world Englishes, having new standards and varieties of English, so we welcome, you know, things beyond the standard English that we grew up uh, to be trained with, right? Mm. Uh, during that time, it was just conservative, old school of thought. Now, yes, uh, it's still a skill to teach and learn uh, across disciplines, actually, across disciplines. And even if we don't teach English language majors, we still would teach them English skills in all language aspects, in all modes of communication. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So there's still a there's still a room for developing one's communication skills in this you know current climate in terms of industry in terms of the who the students are the millennials. So over the span of those fifteen years or even more, okay, over the span of your twenty years, have you noticed if there's any change in the type of students that you have been? mentoring and teaching have they improved over time have have they become more difficult over time 
I haven't been in the academe for quite some time now, so I'm quite out of touch. But you will have a better pulse in terms of the kinds of students that you have. So can you give us a little bit of a flavor of your experience um, in terms of handling different types? Uh, that's right. Now, it's a challenge to deal with different types of students, having been to a couple of generations as uh, my students. Well, probably you've heard, and some of us here have heard about the stereotyping uh, about millennials, am I right? Most or many people would find them difficult. Uh, it's a different generation to discipline. Uh, I would agree with some aspects of that. However, I don't want to see it in a way that it's always difficult to do it. I guess it would just be difficult if you don't know their world and you don't get to join them in their world. Or probably it's much easier for me to accept that and it was not as tough to adjust because I'm already a parent myself. And <laughs> I guess I get to mature as well on how I handle them. When I was younger, probably the first three years of teaching, that was really tough for me whether they're millennials or not. That's right. But then, yes, as we mature as teachers, uh, the same with students. no? Although you really have to uh, improve your craft, meaning you, you have to be at par with technology, especially now that we're doing remote online teaching. And if you don't go with the flow, it would really be tough. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it would be unfair eh, if you, we keep on stereotyping uh, the generations that would come later more beyond what we have as a generation. I, I want to always break the age gap or the generation gap there. Because I want to be comfortable with their world as much as I want them to, to be comfortable with mine. That's so right. Things will be easier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving our conversation, Sheila. I kind of miss oh, you and I kind of miss your viewpoint. So it's refreshing for me to hear your ideas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're yeah. targeting it. You're always bullseye. Here's another question that. for you, Sheila. You mentioned online learning. So. This is really relatively new in the Philippine context. COVID um, is like the mother of all inventions. Unless it becomes a necessity, it will not come into, you know, it will not be born. It will not come into fruition. So this is your new normal now. At the moment, you are teaching um, online. How was it like for you adjusting to this mode of, um, you know, instruction as opposed to before where you travel, go to the uni, um, prepare for morning, evening classes or whichever class that might be. Tell us your experience now. Give us a little bit of an insight around that. Yes. Uh, well, we, we normally get those questions these days, right? And yeah, it was not very easy to adjust. In our case, we didn't uh, have a very big adjustment regarding the online learning system because our university... Uh, we started this uh, learning management system for blended learning. No? If it was not full online before, before the pandemic. We already yeah. started this for a couple of years before. So mm -hmm. in a way, we, we got to experience using this kind of system. However, it was blended. No? And what we did before with this online learning is just a supplement of what we do face-to-face. So still, we adjusted. Uh, I had to take a, a course on remote online teaching, just online. Uh, even if I've been hearing a lot from webinars, sometimes you really have to set your mentality 
on online teaching because it's easy to accept the fact that we have to do things online. But I believe that if your mentality is not fully ready for that, you seem to be just bringing what's on face-to-face classroom to online. It's supposed to be more of, as how I learned it from my two to three months of a short course for remote online teaching, you really have to reinvent everything. Not mm-hmm. bring what you had in the physical classroom to the online classroom because it would be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, my, my professor even had a comparison or an analogy of a basket of apples and a basket of oranges. You can't bring, you can't compare the two because they're different. Or if you bring the apple to the orange basket, it would be a different picture. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I've been talking too much. So there. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now. This podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. I prepared myself in that way that I okay. had to reinvent. And it was good that our university trained us for a couple of months for this one. Mm. So you were mm. very lucky because you're working in the university setting. I think there are more resources and there are more support yes. available uh, for university professors like yourself. But maybe the situation is different when it's elementary school. Yes. Some of the, you mentioned about the attitude, the mindset of the teacher that you have to totally reinvent yourself and do a lot of different things right now. And some of them are resisting it. Because maybe some of them are working in remote areas where there's lack of technology. The profile of the students, they're probably not as prepared as the teachers are. And maybe some teachers are major old-fashioned. They prefer to do it the old-style, um, you know, the traditional way. So it really takes time before they can adopt, become an adopter of this new system. For a person who may not be familiar with blended learning, although they are just hearing this word, this catchphrase. Yes, yes, yes. What is that blended learning very briefly? And what's the difference between your class preparation before and in the new normal? Well, blended learning would mean a combination of face-to-face sessions. Uh, Say, for example, you have three meetings in a week or two meetings in a week, for example. So the first meeting for the week can be uh, online, and then the second meeting could be face-to-face or vice versa. In my experience, before the pandemic, I was able to teach, with engin- I was able to teach engineering students or information technology students. So they get to have their technology in their classrooms. Mm. So we had that kind of schedule, blended learning. I meet them Mondays. But on Wednesdays, we meet online. Or I do an asynchronous type of uh, session. Yeah. So for the pure online, like we're, what we're doing now, it would be different in a way that what we do face-to-face for once a week, maybe even if we do it synchronously, say, for example, in a Zoom meeting, we use Zoom sometimes. Even if what I teach them in the in the face-to-face classroom, I may not bring everything through another session that's synchronous. Mm. It would be, you might be bringing in the same content, but the way you deliver the lesson would be different in a way. And you need to adjust, especially with schedule, Mm. with the technology. You have to share your 
screens from the PowerPoint to a certain technology, you know, uh, you, you just need to adjust it. And of course, you don't see the students face-to-face, even if they have their cameras there, even if they have their microphones. Not everybody would be comfortable eh, to, That's right. to turn them all on unless yeah. it's required. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the nonverbals are very difficult to ascertain when you yes. are online. Especially for Definitely. those students who say, Ma'am, I have to turn off my camera because my data is buffering if I put my video on. So there are so many excuses. You cannot um, gauge their reaction to what you're saying. You yes, yes. Um, I, I, and maybe when the, the connections are really poor, then they can get disenfranchised and disadvantaged if they cannot reconnect and join the class. So there are so many yes. elements of this online learning that really challenges us a lot. And I'm thinking your preparation time, like you said, is different because you have synchronous, asynchronous. Asynchronous, I'm assuming those are like modules that they read on their own, mm-hmm. things that they have to do, like reports, projects, etc. It's really yes. so different. And um, I, and it, it's both a blessing and a challenge at the same time. It's a blessing because it pushes us to try different things, but it's not so much of a blessing when you think of the inconvenience of having to reinvent everything. Like you don't have a yes. choice. You don't have a choice. That's right. Yeah. So thank you for explaining that aspect of your current work. Now I want to go back to your 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 what you mentioned a while ago about being a friend and a mentor to your students. How do you delineate your role as a friend and a mentor to your role as a teacher? Because that is subject to abuse. If they know you are the very kind Miss Sheila. <laughs> They will say, "Oh, she's my friend, so I can get away with anything." How do you how do you deal with that? Uh, I can only be their friend after a semester. <laughs> even if they send me friend requests on Facebook, I won't accept them. Some, even if they've already graduated, I'm not comfortable uh, letting them join in my social media life. That's right. Uh, being a friend would be more of because I'm a thesis advisor as well, yon. Uh, my approach would be more of a mentor slash friend. Or yeah. they would always say, thesis mother. <laughs> yon. So they see it more that way. I, yeah, that, that's a good uh, question. No? How can I delineate that? Some students would like to be friend teachers, definitely during the semester. But I always make it clear that when inside the classroom, I'd be different. Uh, some would find it weird or, on the other hand, amazing how I can change my mask. That's <laughs> come, right. The, come school time or classroom time, I'd be different. And what's funny, the students who would always wait for me outside class or befriend me are the ones who are more scared of me when I'm in the classroom. And the others are just, you know, just normal. But yeah. it's weird that those who know me in a way, personally, uh, as compared to the others, although, of course, we need to set up a parameter or no, a limitation, mm. they know how the level of friendship or professional relationship goes. So I guess that's where respect can be earned. Yes. So, yeah. It's good that you're able to really draw the line as to what is acceptable, as to what is private, as to what you can share with them, this aspect of yourself. So that's good. 
So, um, Sheila, what do you think are the current teaching strategies that are uh, at work at this time in terms of teaching English or generally lang because you're dealing with a new way of teaching and learning? So if there are other teachers uh, listening to us or watching us, what would you say as, the, as some of the tips that you can share with them that worked for you that could probably work for them? Oh, uh, generally, if we're talking about having a new generation totally different from before, having shorter attention span, having more distractions around, and having technology as their uh, go-to friend, no? And whenever uh, they need something, assignment, hobbies, man, or what. Uh, uh, we really just need to be with them, know their nature, know their interests and hobbies. I'd always start my my term or my classes, the first week would always be about, you know, building rapport, getting to know who they really are, what they're into. Uh, for communication subjects, we need to be more student-centered. That's one. Students would be comfortable to know that you are with them. Mm-hmm. You understand their world. Uh, in our case, we teach in different colleges. So we get to meet and be with different majors. So we do English for, uh, we teach more of ESP or English for specific purposes. And that would mean as much as possible, even if we do have a course plan for all across disciplines, as much as possible, we cater to the needs, writing needs, speaking, oral com of certain majors. Like, mm-hmm. if I get to teach at the Faculty of Pharmacy and at the Faculty of Liberal Arts at the same time in one term, I need to adjust a bit for the other one. You know how students now would want to find relevance to what they're doing. That's right. You can't be just, yeah, you, you can't be just by the book all the time. So, mm-hmm. I get, I, I, I'm always on so, social media just so I know what they know. Because yeah. if you don't know them and you, they just get bored with theories without your trying to apply it in their life and in their world, That's right. it's going to be tough to teach them. And yeah. keep on reinventing. Yeah, just reinventing. It's tough, really tough, uh, challenging. But uh, if that's your bread and butter, why not? You mm-hmm. also get to be updated. That's yourself. right. So, Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so that means that it's an exciting time. So that's a good advice. So how do you keep up with your students? You have to know what they're doing, where they're hanging out, what sort of topics interest them, and weave that in or incorporate that into the theory or lessons part. I think that's a very good yes. tip, regardless of the subject anyway, because like you said, the, the, the way you become effective is not just what you know but how you impart it mm-hmm. and how they see the relevance of what you're teaching. Yes. So I want to go back to your being a mom. How do you manage mm-hmm. your daily grind, your daily schedule? You have meetings, you have online, you, you probably have to prepare your lesson plans, and your kids are also doing online learning. I'm just assuming that they also require your help with their schoolwork. So how do you manage all that? How do you become a I, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to believe so. But anyway, before the pandemic, it was easier. I get to wear my hats on different days at different times. You can assign it now, where you can be a mother, when you can be a mother and a professor. I have my me time as well. I always would have to squeeze it in or else I'll get insane. 
But now that it's pandemic and every day we're uh, at home, all of us, nobody goes out, even my husband, Bani, stays at home. Well, yeah, my, my husband is a very hands-on dad. That's why it's a lot easier for me. Primarily, it's because he's always with me. Because he knows I'm on Zoom now, he does the tasks downstairs. Yesterday, he was in a meeting. It was my turn to watch uh, and uh, watch over the kids and do house chores. So I guess it's a matter of dealing with things. Mm-hmm. And one day at a time, Yeah, I, I, I learned how to do that. One day at a time, because it's it could be really be overwhelming. One day at a time and scheduling. Although I'm I'm not much into time management, that's what where I'm very poor at. But because of the pandemic, I get to to improve my time management skills. If I need to cook all food for the day in the early morning, so once we start with classes, everybody's okay. Then I'll do it. If I can't because I'm too tired, then Vani does it, my husband. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> basically to... that's basically my routine as well. So I'm I'm the glorified Chimai of our family. So before I do my Zoom, before I do my actual work, before I you know hide myself in the study to do what I need to do, I usually have everything prepared. So anytime anyone in the family needs anything to eat, there's always something ready and available because each one has a different schedule. My yes. husband's work is rotating. Sometimes he works in the morning. Sometimes he works in the evening. So he always has bound in the fridge ready to go. It's the same with my daughter. My eldest one is now a nurse. So she can be morning shift. Oh, okay. So I have two other kids who are at uni. So they also have their own Zoom classes and they also oh, have yes. time work. So they're just in and out of the house. In, in short, I have four boarders at home and I'm the glorified Chimai. <laughs> That's my life now. So, but, but mind you, I don't teach. So I don't do your um, class preparation, but I'm mentoring student interns who work um, for their placement. So be, before they can graduate, they need to have internship hours. So I'm kind of like teaching in a way. So mentoring them on the skills that they need to do uh, in order for them to be proficient in their profession after they finish their courses. So it's like teaching in a way, but in a different, you know, scenario or or case. So really, really, my life is busy. And even on a weekend, I'm still doing the Chimai duties. So I don't have a weekend, Sheila. So you mentioned your me time. What is Sheila's me time? What does that look like? And how do you spend your me time? <laughs> Before the pandemic, my me time was my long trips from home to the city. <laughs> uh, it would take me about two hours. Worse would be three. You know, just sitting alone in the bus and having my own time, reflecting, thinking, or listening to music. Now it's it's pandemic. Uh, the family knows if I'm already stressed out and I need to relax when I turn on the video. Okay. <laughs> My own way of doing it is just what simple YouTube videos that I, I get to sing along with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, long, uh, as long as they already are finished with what they're doing as well, uh, we have our own me time <laughs> in a way. So if they're done doing their thing in the living room, 
then I'll do mine. <laughs> if they're done with stud, uh, if they're done with the hobby, they need to go to back to studying. Then go ahead. I'll do my own hobbies. Naman. Good thing the schedule. As of now, uh, we can still manage, and hopefully. Uh, until the school year ends. But uh, we'll just be ready with some, you know, sudden changes. But as of now, it's still manageable. That's right. It's still manageable. So, yep. So I'm picking up that uh, in order for you to survive your busy life, you have to be flexible. You have to yes. take one day at a time. You have a schedule, but if it doesn't go the way you wanted it to go, just go with the flow. Yeah. As long as mm. everything gets done. And then you said your me time can be anything because it's really important that you also look after yourself, okay? So you always need to be full tank. If you are half empty or if you're drained, how can you function anymore? And that me time is really important. It doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 3 hours, 1 hour, as long as there's a time for you to reconnect to your inner self and your stress levels go down and you're not cranky. I understand that because... People at home tell me I'm bipolar. One time I'm laughing, and then the next minute, yes. in an instant, I'm on top of my lungs shouting at them. So they say, Mom, you're that's crazy. Right. But, uh, you yes. know, crazy as they may say, uh, that's where we are at, at the, our age right now. Uh, as You know, we're changing um, the leaf of time and your hormones and things like that. So really, we have to just adapt to whatever it is that's confronting us at that very, very moment. So it's yes. good to know that uh, I'm not alone in that scenario. Oh, yes. <laughs> other people are experiencing the same things as me. So yes. it really brings me comfort. Kumbaga. So so Sheila, if, if there are people like, if, if there are people who are interested in, in teaching at the moment, is there a possibility of them you know, is there a possibility for people to go into teaching nowadays or does that require a totally different uh, qualification in order for you to teach online? Maybe because, you know, a lot of people, some of them have been retrenched from their jobs due to COVID and they are looking for alternative sources of income. Not everybody can do pagluluto. Not everybody can mm-hmm. do simple business, you know, or reselling, online selling and things like that. Is there an opportunity for tutoring, uh, for example, or online English teaching? Uh, what What's your comment about that? Uh, I, I'm not connected with any institution that uh, can do that. But anyway, I since I'm on social media all the time, uh, I could see some online learning jobs in online language tutoring. Or uh, within the neighborhood, some, I guess, would look for tutors can be with elementary kids because they cannot as you know a home in a way we do homeschooling now with kids eh? that's right the parents have a major the parents have a major role now in the learning of their kids so i could hear and i could learn uh some some of us here for example in our neighborhood they would be looking for those who can be with their children within the day that they're not there with them since they're at work Mm-hmm. That would depend on the level that they can handle. It's different handling kids eh, to uh, handling young adults. When it comes to online, because some of those interested may not be brave enough to go to another house and teach children, uh, you can probably try yeah online 
uh, English tutoring. I heard that 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 not every not everyone looks for an English major for this one. A high school graduate would do right mm. uh, as long as you can uh, teach conversational English for that. Right. Since yeah. we we might have foreign language learners who may be looking for Filipinos who are comfortable talking in English at least conversationally. I think that would be a good way to earn some money during mm-hmm. this quarantine. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good idea because, you know, I, I can't blame people if they're very desperate. But on the other hand, they should not uh, lock themselves into their own profession. They can always pivot their, their uh, you know, job opportunities. So pivot, I like that word. It's a buzzword right now. Like, you totally change your profession because this is only... I'm not saying this is going to be permanent, you know. I'm thinking this is like um, a lo- uh, not even long term. This is just a temporary uh, situation. We don't know how long it's going to be. But definitely, you, we have to adapt. Eh? You don't have a choice. You have to adapt. So if you can't do what the others are doing, I think teaching is really a good alternative. Um, and at the moment, I'm also doing pro bono consultancy work uh, as an educator myself. So I'm not totally out of the scene, but I'm getting a, a lot of my connections um, through that kind of work. So it may not always be paid work, but it, uh, you know, it's something that I think would really open a lot of opportunities for myself. So that's the message that I want to share to others, which is they can also make themselves known out there if they have extra skills that they have and maybe increase their networks and increase more opportunities that are available to them. So so really, though, my advice, to add to your advice, is people should be open to what else they can offer. So you don't get bored just staying at home or you don't get too anxious about your financial situation, but um, there's always something to do around us. There's, there's always whatever little or big thing it is. Yes. So, so Sheila, I really um, want to go on and on and have this conversation with you. I, I'm I'm loving it so far, and uh, I always tell my guests when we when you start a conversation, it's difficult to end it. But a program has a beginning and an end. <laughs> as much as I would yes. like you know, <laughs> chatting with you, I, I really want to thank you for your time today. And uh, I want to ask you now for any final words. Oh. Um... It's a good chance for me to be able to share what I do and how I do things, although it's not ideal. It, it, it may sound ideal for some. Uh, at least, probably, I've inspired them. But yeah, uh, you can just do what you can. And I've learned to end the day and not regretting that you did not do what you're supposed to do. But that's hard to do. That's hard to, to convince yourself that uh, you, you can just only do so much in a day. Uh, it's really tough. Even if I have a teaching job at this quarantine, it would still be something that may not be enough. So I feel those who are looking for for means of or source of income. And it's good that uh, many technical courses now can be offered free online. They can access those. And there are many people who cannot do things at the same time. Probably they can help out some uh, some neighbors, some friends. And from there, you're right, they can increase networks. And yeah, it's good to know that not all who want 
tasks to teach would be somebody who's really into education because, yeah, you can also share your other talents and skills. And we just have to adjust to what's in here. Uh, we don't have any choice anymore and just work on what we can. And I've learned to already ask help from others. If before I thought I'd, I'm the superwoman of the house, <laughs> now I need to delegate tasks even among the kids just so they can also empower themselves because we need to survive anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Thank that's you, right. Mimi. I hope that I, I was able to share something meaningful as insights. <laughs> of course. I, I really appreciate all your insights. So uh, thank you very much. And um, maybe there will be a part two if we want to continue discussing those teaching strategies because sometimes I, I get feedback from people now. Oh, can you talk about this topic or can you talk about this topic? So I always look for people to interview that, you know, can talk about those topics uh, because I don't want to be talking to them all, always on my own. I, yes. I enjoy it more if I'm if I'm with someone and I'm exchanging it. So um, we'll end the show now, Sheila. So thank you very much again for being here today, Miss Sheila Nipo-Moseno-Gabi. And uh, if you want more information about Sheila's um, teaching strategies, her experience, and you want to get in touch with her, please, you can do that through reaching out to my email, mimi at dinosocial.com. And just to remind everybody that Samutsari is a member of the Gorilla Podcast Syndicate. You can also reach out to me via my Facebook page or through my Twitter account. And please do not forget to like and subscribe to all the Gorilla Podcast Network shows, but most especially to my YouTube channel, Mimi Laurelia. And um, this show and other Gorilla Podcast Network shows are available at all podcast streaming services like Google Play, Spotify, um, Stitcher, Castro, CastBox, and many, many more. So, Sheila, let's wave goodbye. Thank you for coming to my show. Thank you. uh, Until the next episode, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit our website at www.guerillapodcastsyndicate.com where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Gorillas Are We on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please consider on making a donation to help us keep making the podcast you love. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. A Gorilla Podcast Syndicate Production. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com